Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab. My name is Goose, but on today's show, it's not just me. I am joined by an amazing woman, an amazing individual. Her name is Laura De Benedetto. Now, not only is she a renowned TEDx speaker, she's a life mastery coach. She's also an extremely successful entrepreneur that managed to start building a business at 19, sell it, and well, actually, sorry, not even sell it, retire from it at 37 whilst maintaining the income, which is pretty awesome. But more so, what we're actually talking about on this episode is something that she has not only discovered, but compiled and written an amazing best-selling book about called The Six Habits. The Six Habits are probably what Laura is best known for, and this is the work that is inspiring her mission to change a billion lives around the world. That's right, with a B, one billion. So with a with a vision that big, you know that the content is going to be good and it really, really is. We could have literally talked for hours on this episode. Now, the reason that I wanted to have Laura on this show is because I believe that the key to getting success in life is to firstly understand how to navigate your own mindset and secondly, to reposition yourself to understand what success is for you. Now, this this whole episode helps to define the characteristics around how to live a more happy and more successful and more enriched and more fulfilled life and that is simply done by mastering six six key habits. Those habits, and we go into them on the episode, those habits are things like kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention. But obviously, those six words don't do it justice. So to understand a little bit more about how this all works together and what, how the impact it can have on you, you've got to listen to the episode. Not only that, as I mentioned, Laura has written a book about this. The book is called The Six Habits. Now, if you want to get a link to, um, to Laura's website, just check out the show notes, do that. Now, this episode is super impactful. It really doesn't matter whether you are an investor, not an investor, business owner, not business owner. Um, you know, whether you've got a lot of money or not a lot of money, this is this information, this wisdom transcends all of that kind of stuff. So I know that it's going to be impactful for you. And in fact, I'd even say, if you don't think it's impactful, go and listen to it again, because I think you've missed something. There's a lot of dynamite in there. There is a depth in the in the simplicity of this that I think it's overlooked because it's not some shiny new big object. It's like, let's talk about the things that matter to define a way to be happier and live a more fulfilled life, which at the end of the day, that's what this show is all about. You know, this show, The Investor Lab, is really about helping people to achieve greater levels of fulfillment. You know, we say freedom, choice, and abundance, but ultimately it's fulfillment. It's, it's, it's reaching your greatest potential and living your happiest life. That's what this is all about. So, Without further ado, I want to get stuck into the episode, but before I do, the only thing that matters to me is if you help us to help grow this podcast because it means something to you. So if you found this this episode to be impactful in some way, please share it with somebody else. Also, if you don't mind, I would love it if you could jump onto Apple and subscribe. So when you subscribe on the Apple podcast uh, app, that is the thing that helps us to rise up the rankings and helps more people to find out more about our show. In fact, we recently picked at number eight on the entrepreneurship podcast and that is uh, on the entrepreneurship charts and that is all thanks to you guys. So I want to say thanks for that, but I think we can do better and spread more love and deeper messages that are going to help people to achieve greater levels of fulfillment in their life. So if you want to do that, that'd be amazing. Otherwise, let's get stuck into the episode. Let us discover the six habits for bringing your dreams to life. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me today is a very special guest. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a best-selling author. She's a successful entrepreneur, life mastery coach, and a whole bunch of other really amazing stuff. It is an absolute pleasure and a genuine honor to be welcoming to the show, Laura De Benedetto. How are you? Really awesome. Thank you for that powerful intro. I love it. <laughs> well, it's so it's fantastic to have you on the show. I've been checking out a lot of the stuff you've been doing and you've obviously achieved quite a lot. And what I really love about what you've been doing is you've, you've sort of traversed the pathway of, of business and found success. And now you're actually looking at sort of some deeper aspects of life and how you can have more impact, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing how the uh, the journey of entrepreneurship always starts out from a really egocentric place for like all of us, you know? It's like, I want to do this and I want to have that and I, I, I and money, money, money. And then you get there and it kind of feels a little different than you thought it would. And, and for me, it's like, oh, life is actually a bit different than I thought it was and how wonderful. So now I get to focus on things that have so much more substance and purpose. 
Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I know a little bit about who you are. Uh, I've been checking out your stuff, but we've got to assume that pretty much anyone, anyone here in Australia, because uh, you're in Hawaii, right? I am. Yeah. Oh, man. Sounds so good. I've always wanted to go there. But um, I'm going to assume and someday a lot of- when the world isn't closed for business, you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know what? Funny little side note. So recently me and my partner, Gabby, we, uh, we were staring at some yachts on the water near where we live and we're like, oh, you know, we're going to go buy a yacht. Yeah. That's what we, you know, it's, we started like vision boarding sort of that thing. And I actually, yeah. plan, I actually planned the sailing route around the world to go via Hawaii, but we'll come back to that. Look, I, w- I want to take, take a little step back though, because I'm assuming that, that most people who are listening to this podcast may not know who you are. Maybe you never heard of you. They don't understand what you're all about. So why don't you give us a little bit of context around, and, you know, who you are, why you're here, what you're doing and kind of, you know, and then we can kind of dig into a little bit of your backstory and go from there. How's that? Yeah, sure. Um, so the thing that I am known for at this point is all of my work to do with the six habits. I'm known for that. Um, and the reason why I'm known for that is because I went on this massive journey of start a business at 19, decide to be rich, decide to do all the things and have all the toys, got to the finish line, retired at 37, should have felt like a badass, did not feel like a badass. I actually felt quite broken, was stressed out, bleeding inside, and my new marriage was already falling apart because I was being an epic bitch that nobody wanted to be around. So I needed to figure out what happiness really was for myself. And I found so much for me I changed so much as a person, finally got to be the person I always wanted to be proud of, and now I am. I found all this great stuff, and my journey of self quickly became a journey of others and wanting to give, and it's like, oh my, okay, this, this is it. This is the thing, and it's so easy, and it's, 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 it's right under our noses, and I missed it for years, and I am here to help people not miss it. That's yes. my purpose. That's awesome. Okay, so I want to dig into the six habits in a minute because um, obviously that's a that's a big it's a big thing, and that's kind of part of the reason I want to have you on this show because I want to talk about those six habits and how to like what they are and how to how to put them in there. Hell yeah, let's do it. But first, but first, tell me a little bit about that journey that that nineteen to thirty seven. You know, tell me a little bit about that. It sounded like it was full of. Well, tell me a little bit about the story. Like, what what were you doing? what, how, tell me, you know, the, the, the journey that that was sure. and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy how I can quickly summarize and be like, oh yeah, I started a company at 19 and retired at 37. Whiz bang, boom, there's the story. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, at 19, I wanted to just have a job I didn't hate. And I wanted to have a boss that I didn't think was an idiot. So turns out I don't think I'm an idiot. So I decided to start a company and create the company I wanted to work for. And I started a business and boy, did I make a lot of mistakes. I sold the wrong clients. I made mistakes. I screwed up. I I learned a lot of lessons. I grew my company. I hired people. I fired people. Had clients fire me. I, if if you can think of a mistake, I made it. And, um, I did a lot over those years and made a lot of money, lost a lot of money. Can I I just jump in? I just want to ask something, right? So, as, as a business owner myself, who has also been in business for a long time and has also made a lot of mistakes, does it get any easier? Like, do you stop making mistakes? Is there like a point where it's like, hey, yeah, you make mistakes for like five years, right? And then mm-hmm. you've kind of made the mistakes and now it's all cool? Or like, is there a point where you're like, okay, so I sold the wrong people, don't do that. Okay, I got fired by clients. Okay, how do I not get fired by clients? Like, uh, you know, is there a point where you're like, okay, all right, I've got this now and then it just becomes the easy back half or no? Yes, that's when you're dead. Um, <laughs> Got it. You never stop screwing up. You just make a different kind of mistake. Because the thing is, early in my career, I made a bunch of dumb rookie mistakes. Then, or, you know, later in my career, I made bigger, more expensive mistakes. So the quality of my mistakes, my, my boo-boos and whatever, they all, they increased over time as the quality of my company went up, you know? Eh. <laughs> It's not exactly encouraging, but well, you know what you, you know what does get better? Your ability to weather the storm and and not fall apart when you make mistakes. You just like in the beginning, oh my god, I'm falling apart. I made a mistake, right? But then ten years in, you're like, damn it, and you just keep moving. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you something. What was your fa- like during that time? Actually, I'm going to ask two frames on this during that time, but then also bigger picture. Yeah. What has been your favorite mistake? 
Wow. That's a good question. Nobody ever stumps me. My favorite mistake. My first marriage. Does that count? It's your, it's your story. You tell me. That's fine. That was fun. It was 10 years. Seven of it was pretty cool. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. A big, I'm a big believer that, 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 you know, mistakes are obviously just a part of our journey. And I think every yeah. single one teaches us something. So I always like to think, what's the favorite one? What's the best? What is the best one yeah, that I've done? Yeah, a good question. It's provocative. But it certainly is. Yeah, my ex-husband, he's, um, you know, he's an interesting human. I send him loads of love and, and peace and all the good things. And from way the hell over here. Like, we're good. We're good. Like, okay 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 you were a lot of fun we did a lot of traveling together i think we grew as people together and yeah um i think you know like i i don't know it's i married him eight weeks after i met him exciting so, that's exciting very imagine the shock on my mom's face <laughs> <laughs> she's like i'm sorry you're doing what yeah, yeah. this guy um what, what's your Which name isn't, yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm gonna marry him yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, so, so, that, and that was during the time that was in your sort of nineteen to thirty-seven. That was in those the, like that that rocket ship. It was ups, in there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. So, and as you pointed out, you know, there's obviously in every journey. It doesn't matter whether you're in business or not. There's going to be mistakes, and there's going to be ups and downs, and all of that kind of stuff along the way. I think, I think what happens yeah. in entrepreneurship though is you just put a big magnifying glass on it. Like the highs are higher, and the lows are potentially a little lower, and yeah. stuff like that. Legit. What enabled you to retire, I say with inverted commas, what allowed you to retire at 37? I say the reason I say inverted commas is because you don't seem like you're like just sitting in a, in a old person's home playing golf. I mean, like what allowed you to step away from your business at 37? Well, I decided I did not want to sit around counting my liver spots. So you're right. That is not my version of retirement. Mm. Um, sitting still is not something I'm good at. Um, so... When I was 32, I was like, mm, I think it's my time, not quite today, but in the near future. And I don't know what that looks like. And I started looking at a bunch of different exit strategies. Do I sell it? Do I just blow it up? Do I set it on fire? Do I you know, sell to a huge company and retain portion of equity? What do I do? And I, I decided to actually bring on a um, minority partner that would run the company for me. So I still own the company um, and I get paid to not work there, which is wonderful. (laughs) My question that I was asking myself, and it's a fine question we should all ask ourselves as entrepreneurs, and I hope you're doing it, is how do I keep the money but not the work? Mm. That's a fine question. So that is the one that led me to the answer of um, bringing on the successor of my dreams. Her name's Julia. And... I love her and um, yeah, we're kind of like a dream team and uh, she just, she's basically another me, but a little bit more like Chuck Norris. Um, You need that when you're dealing with people in contracts. Um, But yeah, um, she got cancer recently. So I'm actually back for a little while, just covering her for her while she's out. Totally fine. Um, But yeah, the whole retirement thing, I I got there and uh, I was like, wow, this whole sitting still thing. Oh God, I'm alone with my thoughts. That's where the whole book came from because I didn't like what I was thinking. Mm. And, um, you know, I I got a lot of life in me. Sitting still is boring. I actually love business. I love it. I love creating structures and systems and solving problems. And I also love spending time on the beach and hanging out with sea turtles and climbing mountains. And I do all of that. So I work a lot less than I've ever worked in my life, but I've got more going on. Neat. <laughs> okay. So that makes sense. So that's, it's a great question to ask as well, by the way, like how do I, how do I get, keep the cash flow and not the work? I think that's a great question to ask. How do I, think, I fire myself? Yeah. And I think, and I think realistically, like there's a certain proportion of our audience who don't run businesses and they've got in, in their jobs and all of that kind of stuff. And that's totally fine. The same question, it's the same desire. Everyone has the same desire. They want more time, more freedom, more money. You know, everyone wants the ability to do what they want when they want, with who they want. Some, some people, that is showing up in their work or their business. So I speak to a lot of people, they're like, I want, the, I want the ability to not have to work, but I still actually love what I do. And that's great, right? So it's not mm-hmm. always about just like sitting on the beach and, and stuff like that. But I do think that uh, if you can create those opportunities for yourself, that's um, super important. Yes, the freedom to punch out if you want to. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, that was the thing for me is I always defined retirement as the lack of obligation to work. Yep. I'm probably going to like work. I say that with air quotes as well. Um, you know, I'll probably work until I'm dead because I actually like it. Keeps your brain sharp. I mean, I wouldn't be having this fun conversation with you and like getting fired up every day and like have something to live for and something where I feel like I can actually make a difference in the world if I wasn't, you know, quote unquote working. Mm. And I think work keeps us young. It keeps us sharp and, you know, like, I don't know. It keeps our worlds full and bright. I agree. I agree. Okay. So the six habits, did you, did that start to, did you start to form your ideas around the six habits before the retirement point or only once you had that, that void of like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm here with myself. How did you come? How did you discover the six habits? What are the six habits? <laughs> Which one do you want to know first? You just asked me two questions. I did. Let's touch on what the six habits are and then let's talk about how you came across them. How's that? Okay. So the six habits are kindness to ourselves, acceptance of ourselves, gratitude, and way beyond what we think it is, presence, goodness, which is energy in and energy out, and intention, which is who, what, where, why, when, and how you're going to do what you want in life. So by and large, these habits all work in concert with each other. Um, usually when people first hear these, I, I, uh, I get like the skepticism of like, oh, well, those are easy. Really? Then why aren't you living your dream life if they're so easy? Explain yeah. this to me. Why aren't you retired and, you know, like hanging out with sea turtles if that's what makes you, you know, really light up inside. Like explain this to me. Why, why are you fighting with your wife? Why? Really? Is it really that simple? Simple, perhaps not easy because we've cultivated a life where we're remarkably good at the dark side of these habits. We treat ourselves like crap. We don't accept ourselves. We compare ourselves to others. We take things and people for granted. We are so distracted by what's happening tomorrow, by what happened before. Oh my God, the news. We have loads of toxic people and things in our lives that destroy and erode our well-being and we put them there and we don't put enough good things and we have no idea what we want or how to get it. So guess what? No, we, we're, none of this is obvious. We need help and I needed help and the beginning of all the research stuff, it, it all began with what do the happiest among us have in common? And then as I started compiling my data and figuring out what the happiest among us do have in common, I was like, oh, wow. It was a big pile of stuff, big pile of stuff. But then I started seeing patterns. Ooh, this is actually part of that. Ooh, that's part of that. And that's part of that. It was just six things. And there's six habitual uh, behaviors Mentally, these are mental habits that are relationships that we have with ourselves and with life. Okay, so the six, just so I make sure I recap, six are kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention. Yep, you awesome. nailed it. Awesome, okay, great. Now I'm going to circle back. Did the thoughts, for did, it, did this start to coagulate before or after the point at which you stepped away from your company? Well, so I retired the day before my uh, 38th birthday, so I was still technically 37. Awesome. And for the entire year of 37, I was actually really burnt out. Um, so I kept saying to Julia, Julia, I'm like, I'm running on fumes here. I'm skidding to the finish line on my face. I've got really nothing left. So I didn't work much that last year. I was kind of semi-retired anyway. And then, I mean, I would say I was working like 10, 15 hours a week max, um, sometimes not at all. But then in August of 2018, I took three weeks to do absolutely nothing. And I had a beautiful home in uh, the Northeast United States, lovely pool, the whole thing. You know, it's, it's like there's an American holiday called Labor Day, which is in September and everybody's like, oh my God, fall is coming abort, abort, we need to have the last throw of summer. So nobody works. So I was just like, whatever. So I took the last couple of weeks off and um, I was left with all my crappy thoughts. Just like I was fighting with my new husband. Um, I was not getting along with my parents. I felt like crap. I felt like a loser. I felt like I hadn't accomplished enough. I felt like I hadn't achieved enough. I felt like I hadn't won enough awards. I felt like I wasn't rich enough, pretty enough, thin enough, you know, anything enough, fill in the blank. And I just felt like absolute shit. So I 
took some time to just sit in that terrible feeling mm. and just being like, what is this? I stared at the wall for a couple of days straight. I'm not going to lie, yep. but I'm so glad that I did. And I felt like I kind of hit like an emotional rock bottom. You know, I was just like, what is so wrong? Like, I felt like I've, I've checked all the boxes. I, you know, I made the money. I had the beautiful home. I had a husband I loved. I, you know, looked pretty good, blah, blah, blah. Like I had all the stuff on paper that should arguably create a good life, but why was I still so miserable? Mm. Notable question. So I started digging in. Why am I miserable? Well, I'm not happy well, what have I been doing to create the happiness? And it was just a succession of questions, you know? And um, I started to really just feel like I had gotten it wrong all these years. Like, why was I always chasing money? Why was I always chasing awards and this and that? And it's nice to be successful. It is. But when you create it from a place of self-loathing, no matter what you achieve, you can't appreciate it once you get there. And that was really the the... The big thing for me was just like, wow, just realizing I had basically created a nice gilded prison for myself because it wasn't, it's not about the money. It never was. It's, you know, do you feel the joy in your heart that you're supposed to feel? And I didn't, I just felt empty. Oh, and I was from years of being stressed out. I was literally bleeding inside. So I was having health problems on top of all my other problems. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, just really inspired by... I guess just like the staggering truth that in the silence of those three weeks, I could no longer ignore. So that was the inspiration. Okay. So that was the inspiration for change. You were like, okay, this sucks. I've fallen out of love with myself. How do I... How do I fall back in love with myself, the world? Oh, no, I, I didn't fall out of love. I was never in love with myself. I never good, learned good those things. Hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would have been easier to fall back in love, but I had to actually learn to love myself. I had to learn um, what a good relationship with me is supposed to look like um, and then how to build one and what that entails and what I had to do to actually fall in love at all and fall in love with life and be able to just show up better as a person. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that massively. I mean, I've, I was basically a, a you know an alcoholic drug addict for about 10 years you know burnt out running working 100 wow. hour weeks in a in a in a dead end business oh man life was grim like i was pretty much i i've i've been there and then had to sort of face up and go what is what is what is going on out here and like i realized that i'd never been in love with myself i had never you know experienced that kind of connectivity so hmm. I, I empathize massive massively with that that stage of your journey, uh, albeit we probably took different paths to get to that same or a similar point. So, okay, so you've you've gotten to that point. Obviously, a big turning point moment. Let's start talking about. Let's talk about the six habits then. Let's talk about sort of what they are practically. What they are practically, and and if someone was listening to this at home, like like, and they're going, hang on a second. What have like maybe they're earning good money. Maybe they're not earning good money. Like everyone's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're. Maybe they've got a business, maybe they've got no business. Maybe they're real estate investors, maybe they're not real estate investors. But I think everyone really needs to probably think about this kind of stuff a little bit more, right? If they want to achieve. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. Let's talk about kindness. Sure. Kindness is a great place to start. And so when when we think about kindness, right, just the word itself, mm. we we usually think about gestures towards other people that are generous, right? That's usually how people think of kindness, kindness to strangers or kindness to children or whatever. And you think about loving gestures towards others. The way that I'm talking about this is kindness towards ourselves. This is the way we treat ourselves in indeed, the stuff we say to ourselves mentally and verbally. Um, and I'm going to give you some tangible examples. So, and these are all from things I have said to myself and things I've done to myself. So when I was unkind to myself, I put myself on a diet for 20 years, never believing that I could ever be successful if I wasn't thin enough, pretty enough, blah, 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 right? I constantly told myself that I wasn't going to make that sale, right? And I would achieve out of fear 
of fulfilling that prophecy, right? And I would tell myself that I wasn't smart enough. I was I would tell myself that I, you know, oh God, I don't think I can do this or you know, you're such a loser. They're not going to want to buy from you. They're going to want to buy from that guy that's more successful than you. Why are you even going for that? Like, you can't sell your company and retire. You can't do these things. Who the hell do you think you are? I would constantly tell myself this stuff. And many of us have these terrible toxic thoughts in our heads. And you know what this is? This is the voice of the mean bully that's in our heads, right? And it's there for all of us. Totally. Retrospectively, we can all see that. How going back when you're in that moment, you obviously did sell your company. You obviously did make sales because you obviously grew the bit. How in the moment without the benefit of foresight or hindsight, without being able to look at it retrospectively, how did you, how did you overcome that in in those moments? How did you, how did you get through those? Well, in a lot of those moments, I told you I achieved a lot because I hated myself. The thing is, a lot of negative reinforcement can spur you forward, but you basically sacrifice yourself um, along the way. And sure, you achieve, but at what cost? When you get there, it doesn't matter because it's joyless, right? So yes, I did all these things. Yes, I made the sales. Yes, I made the money. Yes, I you know, went after stuff and I did it because I was too afraid not to, right? But when I changed my narrative in my head from the mean bully to the nurturing parent, then I would say things differently to myself. And now who I am today in September, 2020, nearly two years later, now I'm a different person, especially now that I've had to step back into the company I retired from to cover for um, Julia. Um, I show up differently. Now it's like, Oh God, I I have to, uh, I got to navigate my company in the middle of an international pandemic. I can do this. I've dealt with worse. Um, Oh, you know what? I can't make sales in the middle of a pandemic. Bullshit. Yes, you can. I'm going to go out there and do it. And I'm going to find a way because I've always found a way. Um, Wow. I gained 10 pounds quarantine weight. Doesn't matter. Still worthy of love and you're still beautiful. Just, you know, more curves. It's all good. So I speak to myself in a more loving way and I catch myself. That's the pivotal difference. the, The negative thoughts, by the way, they've largely gone away. But sometimes I hear them again, like the pandemic. Yeah, that's kind of new. Um, wasn't expecting that. So I really wasn't prepared mentally to be like, oh, I can face a pandemic. I'm fine. I'll be kind to myself. No, I wasn't. Like that came up and I had a lot of the old self-doubts of like, oh my God, can I do this? Can I navigate this company? Can I run a company that I retired from? And can I do this when I'm already busy with something else? And, and it was really like recognize, hear the destructive thoughts, Give myself instantaneous, instructive thoughts of like, oh, no, 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 no. You are not going to lead this company through the biggest crisis it's ever faced with a crappy attitude about face, madam. Okay. And then you redirect to the constructive, which is, Psh, I got this. So how do you do that though? Because everyone has negative self-talk. I mean, like me, me personally yesterday, like we just had like one of the best weeks uh, that we've had for, you know, some time. And then yesterday I was like, you're a failure, you know. Like, how do you how do you overcome that self talk? And how, and and I want to try and get this tied to tied to kindness. Code. I do want to get through all the six habits. But how do you how do you actually practically do that? Because everyone has negative self talk. Um. Well, what is a habit? I'll ask you that. What is a habit? A habit is a system of activities that you conduct regularly enough that um, you start to do them on autopilot. That's exactly what a mental habit is as well. Um, This is something where you have to begin with self-awareness. You heard yourself speaking like crap to yourself. Mm. That's the first step. You can't solve a problem you don't acknowledge. It's kind of like the first rule of AA. You have to admit you have a problem, right? So you have to acknowledge, you have to hear yourself, and then also realize that in order for you to have a new mental habit, you need to repetitiously constantly correct yourself and put the good things in place. That's it. It's, it's pretty simple. It's so hard to do, but this is the work we are called to do. We all are designed and built as humans with all of these six habits fully intact, and I can prove it. Um, it's through growing up, making our parents happy, making our teachers proud of us, being good little doobies when we want to make our clients happy, that we actually lose our ability to honor ourselves first and lose our ability to see that it's even a noble or worthy pursuit to pay attention to ourselves first. 
Nice. I like that. I like that. Okay. So kindness basically is being kind, kind to yourself, not just kind to others, kind to yourself and readjusting your thoughts around treating you. I heard you say the, like the, um, like be the parent to yourself and treat yourself with the, mm -hmm. with that level. A nurturing of parent. I mean, a nurturing parent will say things like you're good enough. You're smart enough. I believe in you. You can do this. Of course you are. Oh, you failed. It's okay. You learn, get back up. That's what a nurturing parent says. And it's we really need to be framework. our own nurturing parent. It's a really good mental kind of model. Like when you're talking to yourself, like when you're talking to yourself down, you're like, oh my God, I, I suck. And it's like, hang on, how would I, what would I, if I, if this was a small child, if this was a small child standing in front of me, what would I say? Exactly. Okay. Awesome. All right. What about acceptance? So acceptance is um, unconditional self-love. And it's hard for us to do that because we are, you know, conditioned through, things like Hollywood, covers of magazines through Instagram and all these other wonderful things that we seem to like to constantly compare ourselves to others, never feel like enough. And honestly, I say this as the CEO of a marketing company, marketers and, you know, product manufacturers make money on you when you feel like crap hmm. um, because then there's a problem to solve. If there's no problem to solve, they can't sell you anything. If you truly love yourself, you realize you actually don't need a Rolex because you're pretty awesome without one and you don't need that to show off how great you are to someone else because you see your value and that's the only person whose opinion matters. Mm. So we all compare ourselves with other people though. I do it all the time. I had to stop using social media pretty much completely uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, cause toxic, I, isn't it? Yeah, not because I don't like the people on there and in fact the people... Same. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm in mastermind groups of other other people like and I was like, I actually had to start tuning out because I was like, uh, comparison game is is was killing me. It was how do you overcome that kind of how do you how do you how do you get past the comparison? It's easy, like let's just talk bring this back to property investors. It's easy for someone who's just starting on their property investing journey who maybe doesn't even have their first property. Maybe they're just saving up and they're like just getting started and then they see somebody else who's got this big portfolio and they're super successful and it's easy to that there's maybe younger than them or something like that. And and right. they inst instantly feel, oh my God, I've wasted my life. I why haven't I why aren't I better? Why aren't I more? Like how do you overcome that kind of comparison? When you learn to love yourself, mm. this is acceptance of who you are, right? It's, I love me the way I am and I am great and they're great too and I don't need to be them. I'm worthy of love now. And, you know, I, I don't want to give away the entire innards of the book because then no, no one will read it. But <laughs> okay, I will yeah. tell you this much. You can learn acceptance, um, but the goal is to truly love yourself. You could be... 10 pounds overweight or 10 stone overweight. You could be, um, you could be $50,000 in debt. You could be, uh, you know, alcoholic. You could be a lot of things. And the thing is, if you actually love yourself, you find that a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. The things you want change and you find that you need to soothe a lot less pain because a lot of the pain that we're in stems from not loving ourselves. Got it. Okay. Got it. Nice. Okay. So we've covered kindness and acceptance. They're two big ones. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. Gratitude, grat gratitude is something I'm so, um, I'm, I'm mad keen on it because it's something that I th personally think once you can practice, start practicing gratitude. And again, I say, I say practice gratitude, which I just caught myself then. Now I was like, well, you know, we started like, how, how do these become habits? Okay, you got to put systems in place. You got to practice them, right? all right? You got to yeah, practice. Yeah, you do. You have to practice all the habits. If you, I mean, listen, it took me like six months to acquire the habit of flossing. <laughs> it started consciously. And now my dentist is thanking me for my unconscious habit. Now I floss constantly because I just, it's just part of what it's I do. Part of your and system, we have right? to get to that point, right? And gratitude, yes, it does begin as a practice, but all of the six habits, particularly gratitude, are lifestyles, right? Mm. You look at something terrible. Can you see what's right about it? Can you see what's good about it? Can you find the lessons? Can you find the hidden beauty in a situation? Can you find um, the magic in a situation? Like, I love, 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 love that there is this wonderful trend of people writing down 10 little things that they're grateful for before they go to bed. Keep mm. doing that, but that's just the beginning. Most people th just write down like 10 things that are going right. You know, we need to be looking in other areas. 
start start with the things that are not going right. Mm. What can you be grateful about grateful for in that? Because the whole point of the gratitude lifestyle is it becomes a lens through which you view everything in life. You know, it's not glass half full, glass half empty. It's glass runneth over. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I tend to look at the challenges that may come across my table and then try and, and then think about why it's a great thing. Like, oh, I, I didn't, I, you know, and now I get to experience this or now I get to overcome this. Mm-hmm. And what an amazing Precisely. opportunity. All right, Precisely. cool. So we've touched on three. Do you want to run us through the next three? I'm mindful that I'm, you know, I'm digging in because I'm really interested in this. So I'm like chewing up all the time here. Do you want to run us you through the next? You need to read my book, brother. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've got, I've, I've got it. But like, what? Tell, run us through the next three because I want to ask some more questions about this rather yeah, than just yeah, like talking about each point. So run us through the next three quickly because I want to dig into a few more. Yeah. Questions. So presence, we're distracted. Okay, we're worried about the news. Oh my God, is the world mm. going to fall apart tomorrow? Are we going to get? You know, are we all going to be like? you know, catching COVID, are we all going to be like having our businesses fall apart, government overreach, blah, blah, Mm. whatever it is that you're worried about. Like we worry. Worry is a big part of presence. Worry is evidence of you not being present because this moment's good. This particular moment is pretty awesome. And like, you know, I could easily worry about tomorrow. Easily. I could worry about my meetings later, but they don't matter. What matters is this conversation this moment is pretty rocking. And if I lose sight of that, I'm really robbing myself of joy. I'm doing it to me, mm. right? So presence, I mean, we think about our past. We, we don't put our phones down. We don't like opt into the moment because we're so addicted to our shiny glowing rectangles, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like we have all lost the ability to be present. So then the other habit, habit number five is goodness. It's adding more good things that you love and subtracting the harmful things that hurt you. It's, it's pretty simple. Intention is, again, like I said, who, what, where, why, when, and how, all about what you want out of life. So the one thing I do want to say before we move on, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this briefly, and I think it bears repeating. We were all born with these habits, and here's the proof of it that I said I had. I want you to envision right now, as you and I are talking and everybody listening, I want you to envision a three-year-old that wants ice cream, okay? That three-year-old wants ice cream with a passion so fervently, you don't dare say no to that kid because they're going to ask you relentlessly. They're not going to give up. They're going to get their ice cream. They want it. They can visualize it. They can taste it. And when they get it, my God, they're so happy. You see their little face lit up with joy. They believe they deserve it. They know that they're going to, you know, be a happy person when they get it. That when they get it, nothing else matters. There's the ice cream silence exists for a reason. That little three-year-old is like, Mommy, you're talking. No, no, no. I'm with my ice cream, right? They, you know, like they're adding something good to their life. It's a default. So they've got intention. I want the ice cream. Give me the ice cream, right? They're present with it. They're adding the goodness. They believe they're worthy of it. They know they deserve it. They're not giving themselves crap for it, right? And then they're grateful. They're happy. Their little face lights up. The three-year-old with the ice cream is all of us, my friend. All of us. That is so good. That is so good. Yeah. And here's the thing. The fact that we are not like that three-year-old that wants that ice cream cone proves my point that we have lost our ability. Not that we never had it. We've lost it and we can return to it. And that is what the six habits is all about. It's returning to the way we are born and allowing us to be the joyful creatures we are meant to be. Have you ever thought about like at what point did we lose it? Like, is it like when people go to school, or is like at what point do we at what point do we stop? At what point do we stop having the six habits? If we're all born we, with it, and I agree with you and all of that stuff, at what point does it stop? Um, it doesn't stop like that. It's a mm-hmm. gradual death. Um, it's something where every time we want to make our mom happy. Every time we want to get our brother to stop kicking us in the shins, every time we want our teacher to be proud of us, Mm. every time someone externally says, you know, children are better seen uh, and not heard, every time um, we are told to behave and we need to um, do all these things, you know where else it happens? We learn not to be kind to ourselves uh, by watching the people we love not be kind to themselves. Perfect example 
my mom always told me I was a beautiful little girl, right? Oh, you have such cute little freckles and I love your hair and blah, 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 blah. But she looked in the mirror and she said the most ungodly stuff to herself. And my mom, poor woman, she's 77. She's been on a diet for probably 60 years. Whoa. Okay. And that is where I learned not to be kind to myself. That's where I learned to be on a diet for 20 years. Okay. I mean, I'm done with that. But like, I learned such terrible things by watching others, not what they said to me, but by watching others, by wanting to please others, by wanting to get along with others. Right. And I had no one to guide me that these were the six tenets of life that we should never let go of. Honey, you want to be rich and you want to live in paradise? Cool. And you want to be happy? Then you need these things and never let these go. Oh, people are being mean to you at school? Looks like we're done with that. Like, we don't protect our children enough. We don't protect ourselves enough. We don't we don't prioritize happiness. Oh, poo-poo. Or little kids, you know, get asked, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer, happy. We're all like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's so cute. No, that's actually the only correct answer. Okay. All right. Cool. So like what happens given, given that most people don't embody like these six habits, they may one or two or maybe even yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Most people probably don't have all six of them dialed in. Correct. What happens when you do get all six dialed in? Do you just like transcend into a ball of light and become, you know, enlightened? What happens when you get all, get all six working together? Yeah. So God himself sends you a magic carpet and then you <laughs> ascend into heaven. That's exactly what happens. Perfect. No, it's not. Um, you, it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't happen overnight. You slowly gain these things and you actually slowly change as a person. You start calming down. Your anxiety starts to go away. Your relationships gradually get better. Your sex life gets better. Your willingness to take on risk gets better. You, um, you become more patient. You become more kind to others. You become more generous with others. You just become the person that is most like the you that you always wanted to be. I'll actually give um, a wonderful example of my husband. So my husband, not the type of person that's like, oh, yay, hippy, dippy, fluffy stuff. He doesn't care about this stuff at all. But being, he's my husband. He learned the six habits, like it or not. And um, I needed a guinea pig, okay? (laughs) So he did all this with me. And you know, even though he hasn't achieved mastery of these habits, he has gotten far enough where he's finally the man he's the most proud of he's ever been in his whole life. He's pursuing his dreams. He's communicating better with me. We have a wonderful relationship. He likes who he is. He's forgiven people from his past that really needed it. And like, he's got a great relationship with his family. And he's finally the man that makes him really happy when he looks in the mirror. And that's huge, Mm. huge. And the further he goes in his own mastery journey, the more he likes himself, the more he takes on risks, the more he believes in himself to start businesses. I mean, it's awesome. He's my own personal like case study. I love it. (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's funny, isn't it? Because like you could like strip everything back. Like it really doesn't matter whether you've got a hundred million dollars or a hundred dollars. If you look in the mirror and you're like, I am, this is, I, this is great. Life is great. I'm great. Everything's great. I'm happy. It really doesn't matter. You could have no shoes. You could be living in a tent, but if you're like enraptured with joy, who cares? Like who who actually cares, right? Your definition of wealth will change by the way. Mm, Okay. It does. And like, I'm all about material wealth, big fan. Okay. But when you have inner wealth, you, you, a, deprioritize external wealth so much so that your relationship with it changes and you actually automatically manifest more external wealth because you are attuned to a higher frequency. So the key to getting more money is to not focus on the money? It's to focus on your um, internal wealth. So having now been through this journey then, having been through the journey of um, business, gotten, gotten a degree of uh, success, in that and then found Mm -hmm. that that wasn't the success that you were looking for and then you've gone and then gone inside rather than looking outside and you've now Mm -hmm. transcended to another level of success how do you define success now like how 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 do you personally define success for you i like being happy that's it like am i a happy person that i'm proud to be and uh i am 
I love who I am. I love how I show up in the world. I love who I've become and what I care about now. And, um, you know, my resume no longer matters, although it's pretty impressive. It's nice. I don't derive my self-worth from it. I used to at one point, but I derive my self-worth from everything that's inside of me because it's, it's an unlimited resource. Your, your resume, I don't care how great it is. It's finite. It is. Um, you know, I, I think for some people, success will be, well, you know, I will know I'm successful when I move to the place of my dreams or whatever. Actually, for me, was, am I the person that has the courage to follow my dreams? Am I mm -hmm. successful by moving there or just having the courage to do it? And, you know, it's, it's who I am. Like, success is... God, you know, our parents mean well when they teach us that success is all about money and accolades and accomplishment. They mean well and they want the best for us. But success, to me, it's an inside job. If you're successful in your heart, I don't care if you've got tissue boxes for shoes. If you feel in your heart happy, joyful, complete, you like who you are, and you, you're a happy human, you are successful as a human. You want to be successful in life and successful in business. Those are different things. But, you know, successful as a person, yeah, it's internal. So what do you actually want to be remembered for most? Like, do you want to, do you actually, big question is, do you want to be remembered? And if so, what for? I actually don't care if I remembered. Um, mm. It's not relevant to me. Um, what is relevant to me is I want to leave a legacy on this planet. And within two generations, I want to see this world a better place. Because as you said, some of us are actually good at some of these habits now. We are all good at one or two of them when we start and probably terrible at a couple others. We all have our own individual habit mastery blueprint, okay? And if we all collectively work on our ability to master these habits and return to our natural state of being, we will teach our children and raise our children better. And when we show them how we treat ourselves, they will learn by watching and we will treat others better and they'll see that too. And then within two generations, if I can be successful in my mission to impact 1 billion lives with the six habits, whether or not I'm the face of it, it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, other people can do this. We can literally change this world. So by the time I'm taking my very last breath, this world will be happier, more peaceful. You'll see less crime, less addiction problems because people will stop feeling so incomplete. They'll feel safe. They'll feel good. They'll feel loved and whole and happy. And we'll have a different breed of human beings running around. I love that. I love that. That's probably a good, uh, that is a really powerful mission and, uh, and one that I genuinely hope comes to fruition. It's probably a good, good point to, uh, to wrap it up on. But I, this has been a really fascinating conversation. I think it's got far reaching benefits for pretty much anyone. Like I don't think that this is, this is one of those conversations and frameworks that can be applied to anyone in any situation in any walk of life. And I, that's any why, human. yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to get you on here because I can see so many, uh, so much benefit to so many people that I know and I know so many different people in different walks of life. And I'm like, oh man, this would be great. So um, the natural question is then where should people go to buy your book? Because I'll, you know, I'll put a link in the show notes. Should I just send them to Amazon? Is that where they should go? Or if people want to get to know you a little bit better, where, where should they go? How can people get in touch? So the easiest place to find me and all things Six Habits related is at the six habits.com t-h-e-s-i-x habits.com mm -hmm. um, if you go there you can buy the book if you're in the united states i can actually ship you an autographed copy myself um, but if you're elsewhere you probably should go through amazon if you want the audio book that's actually on the six habits.com and nowhere else um, right. it's my melodious voice so if you enjoy my voice you should probably pick it up if you don't definitely don't pick it up <laughs> But if you want to find out about like social media, my TED Talk, um, any of those things, that's all there. And uh, my marketing company is linked through there as well. Wonderful. Fantastic. Is there any final message that you want to share with the people that are listening to this that help them, you know, change something in their life right now? Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me to do that. Um, here's, here's, here's the thing I want people to take away from this. It's worth it. Okay. 
and you need to do the work. You can read my book, and I really hope you do. Um, it's it's a going it's going to be the book itself will not change your life. It will invite you to change your life because knowing something and applying that knowing are two different things. It's it's like the fruit salad analogy. Knowing a tomato is a fruit and applying that wisdom so you don't stick it in a fruit salad is the difference. So it no, tomatoes don't go in fruit salad. Yuck, right? But that wisdom that knowing, that application of the wisdom. I mean, you and I could talk all day and it wouldn't matter. You have to take this knowledge and do something with it. Learn about the tools. When you get the book, it comes with a ton of free workbooks and exercises. So you can actually start to apply and learn the behaviors and actually develop the habits. Definitely do that. But like the key takeaway, do the work and please, for the love of God, believe that you are worthy of it because the person you will be a year, two years from now is begging you to do this work, begging you from a place of self-love, not self-loathing. You should do this because you love yourself, not because you don't feel like you're good enough. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. This is definitely going to be an episode that I'm going to go back and listen to. I don't listen to back to many episodes of the podcast because, of course, I talk on them. So why would I do that? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm personally going to be going back and listening back through this episode because there's a lot of gold nuggets in here. So I just want to say, for, you know, from our side, you know, and, and on behalf of our of our of our growing audience, I really want to want to just say thanks because it's been a super impactful and very deeply insightful uh, conversation. Truly a pleasure. I appreciate your questions and uh, the willingness to have a deep conversation. These are the ones that move mountains. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for your time. And uh, guys, if you have enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe and share this with somebody else. Somebody Find somebody else who is going to benefit from this uh, information as well and share this with them and help them to unlock some change in their life as well. Thanks again, Laura. I'll see you soon. <laughs> 